song sheep and i will let you hear uh in in just a little bit why that song is relevant to this conversation um but this is the mid park podcast welcome in this is the first mid park memoirs episode in over a month mid park memoirs chapter eight uh with amy renzulli we're going to be diving into the full conversation everything with amy here in just a couple of minutes um and yeah today is saturday january 16th already um, so a lot going on in the world, obviously a few things to go over here, uh, in the sense of the mid park multimedia brand and, uh, different things that are going to be coming up and, and for, for, uh, just things to watch out for lots of exciting things. So first off had a, just a, a, a remarkably surprising, uh, wasn't expecting it, but, um, crazy week, uh, with midpark.com. So I had an article that, um, caught a little bit of fire. I wouldn't say viral, but um, definitely made a good bit of rounds and, and uh, welcomed over 800 new users to the website, um, which is incredible. Uh, so uh, midpark.com has been um, alive since August 6th. And from August 6th until January 10th, so it was about five months, uh, we had 420 users, which is great. I mean, that's only almost 100 a month. Um, I was you know, steady growth and very happy with that. And all of a sudden <laughs> in the last four days added another 800 plus. So yes, the, you heard that correctly. So 800 plus in the last four days after 400 in the first five months. So that's how things happen. So you just got to stay the course, super excited, super thankful for that. Um, and all those people that, that, you know, probably clicked on a site, read one article and never come back, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, that was, that was cool. So I always had to give a little bit of shout out there. Um, today's Saturday, like I said, tomorrow, uh, if you're, if you're listening and you are a music fan, uh, going to have a, uh, it is, uh, one of the mid park podcast episodes, the mid park piece episode. I'm going to be diving into a, uh, song, uh, called independence day by Bruce Springsteen. Um, so I know Amy actually is a uh, quite a Bruce Springsteen fan herself, so um, she may be interested. And 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 those of you that you know know her, you you may be interested as well. Um, but Independence Day to me um, is a very personal song. It's obviously very personal to Bruce, very personal to me as well. Um, has a lot of correlation with my own life. And gonna talk all about that. Also gonna talk about my top ten Bruce Springsteen tracks. So that'll be tomorrow on the Mid Park Podcast. Um, and yeah, tune in for that. Gonna gonna be a good one. So um, another thing, a uh, couple more things actually in terms of music. Uh, so gonna have a new segment on MidPark.com. Uh, just a blog entry that I'm gonna have each and every Tuesday coming up. So, you know, I got to have twists in here, you know, just even if it's just a little thing, I was going to do music Mondays, but that just sounds too corny and too cheesy. So we are going to go with Tune Tuesdays. Uh, I might tweak that a little bit, you know, Total Tune Tuesdays or something like that. But uh, every Tuesday starting this week coming up, going to have a brand new uh, music piece. Uh, it's either going to focus on a song, an album, something that's it. Uh, not gonna be anything, you know, elaborate, nothing too, too long, but, uh, just want to continue to get some more music content out there for everybody. So, um, 
one of those bands that I will definitely be talking about here very soon, maybe even this Tuesday or, or coming up for sure, uh, is going to be Mount Joy, who we started out there with. So um, Amy uh, mentioned Mount Joy here in a conversation that, you, that you'll hear. And it's funny. So we had spoke, uh, we recorded the conversation about two, three weeks ago. And she asked me about Mount Joy at that time, or I don't, and and I had heard of them, and I and I'm realizing now that I had heard of their songs, or heard some of their songs. But somewhere in those like two or three weeks, they came across my plate again, and I and I really really listened to them, um, and and a phenomenal band across the board. Um, Silver Linings is is, and that's a song that I. You know, like I said, I, I didn't realize it was them, uh, but that's a wonderful, wonderful song. And, and not just because it's their most popular one. I mean, I, I have a lot of personal connection to that. Um, you know, Sheep that we heard there at the beginning, New President, Astro Van, uh, Julia, uh, you know, like I said, I'm just kind of getting into them. But um, and the whole time I'm, you know, I'm, I'm listening to them over the last couple of weeks. I'm thinking, where in the hell have I have I like recently heard this? And then. You know, last night or two nights ago, when I'm when I'm re-listening to the podcast here before I publish it, I hear, "Oh my gosh, that was it with with Amy." So uh, funny that it kind of came full circle there. But um, yeah, long story short, we're gonna have a new piece uh, of music writing on MidPark.com every Tuesday. Obviously, gonna make sure that I post that on social media everywhere: Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, I got rid of the MidPark Facebook. That's something to to point out. I got rid of the MidPark Facebook. Um, I, it's, I don't know. I don't like Facebook business. I don't, um, it, it's, there's too much. It's, it's like Ikea. I, I walk into Ikea and, and it's, there's too much. I have to walk right out because I, my, my mind does not work that way. Um, I, I, I it, you know, it's probably great for a lot of people. My gosh, I'm not shitting on it. Probably great for a lot of people. Probably great for a lot of businesses. Probably might even be great for mine. My brain just doesn't do it. I could not. I couldn't keep up with with posting on my Instagram, my Twitter, my personal Facebook, and then my uh, my uh, Mid Park Facebook as well. And I know you can kind of cross post and whatnot. And it's just, I, I, and there's you know, and, and, and ah, you guys don't care about that. But yeah, either here nor there. I'll make sure that I post that on the social medias. One other piece of music news: um, the next Mid Park memoir is going to be with. Nathan Clapper, Clapper the Rapper. So Clapper is uh, a good friend from my hometown. He no longer lives there, though, but uh, good for him. And uh, he he recently moved out uh, to the Michigan area, um, and, or to the Detroit area, not the Michigan, it's the Michigan area. It's a pretty big area uh, to the Detroit area. And very similar conversation with Amy. Um, you know, just going to be talking all about his kind of musical life so far. Um and, you know, he's an, he's an artist, he's not uh, running a, you know, a, a, a school, but, you know, two very similar, you know, situations and, and anything, obviously, you know, I, I talk about this all the time, anything musically is always, can always, always connected uh, in some fashion, you know, people that are truly into music. And, and again, I hope that, you know, many of, of you listening, that may be listening to the first time know, you know, that are coming in from, from Amy's bass or from the House of Rock bass, um, you know, that's what that's what the Mid Park Multimedia brand is about. Uh, it is about the power of music, and not just music. The power of people coming together and 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 um, just sharing. 
um, sharing things, good things. I don't know. Um, yeah. What else we got to cover? Just a couple more things, and then we'll get to it here in a couple minutes. Um, got a new article on midpark.com that I don't think anybody's heard uh, yet that just uh, posted last night. Um, so it's about barstool sports. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I, I have to cover that with a disclaimer because that that always comes with a lot of side eyes uh and i agree i mean i, I uh so barstool sports uh, has quite a, a a rough name um at least in the community that i have surrounded myself with over the last few years that's for sure um and neither here nor there the article that i wrote is is giving barstool sports and specifically the owner dave portnoy credit because uh, he started a fund about a month or so ago called the Barstool Fund um, that has uh, seemingly done more than our government over the last nine months to, to 12 months uh, for small businesses. It is really remarkable. Um, you know, I, like I said, I don't agree with a whole lot of what Barstool Sports and, and, and that, you know, brand stands for on, on the other side of things. But got to give credit where it's due. And, and I mean, the the, the uh, I have his Instagram linked there. Uh, in the article, if you go to his Instagram and you see and you hear these people talk and, and, and you know, uh, he FaceTimes everybody and tells them, you know, you, you, that uh, their their fund is going to be covered awesome or their uh, business is going to be covered by the fund. I mean, they're in tears, you know, half of them. Uh, I mean, it's it's awesome. So got to give that some credit. So go check that out. Um, that's on, uh, like I said, on midpark.com already. Um, everybody be safe this week. Got the inauguration coming up. Um, crazy crazy times um that's kind of how i'll round it out here i guess leading into the conversation with with amy um um uh, you know the, the conversation with amy was nice because and, and interesting you know we we recorded it uh i had mentioned two three weeks ago uh before the attack on the capitol so um you know you'll hear her specifically we talk about kind of the nature of the world and and the sense of hope both not so great and a good sense of hope around the corner um and again you know the 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 events of january 6th had not even occurred yet so um you know it, it was just it's really interesting or and good for me to hear from somebody that is in a different generation and i don't even mean just older uh you'll hear me make a joke about that when, when we're talking so um you know older younger somebody in a different generation somebody not directly in my family and my immediate circle you know you always hear the same opinions from those that you surround yourself of course with so you know for me to have such a genuine conversation with somebody that i know is in a leadership role and is influencing people of the next generation is so refreshing for me to see because, you know, on the other end, I think about, you know, there's been reports about, again, I don't want to get all political and everything, but, you know, about teachers that have been that have been uh, seen that at the Capitol uh, or, you know, making political posts, you know, not just political posts, but, you know, vulgar political posts that get them fired. Um, and I think, oh my gosh, these are the people that are educating our youth. And then you have somebody like Amy who is on the entire other end of that. And, and it's just incredibly refreshing for me to hear. Um, I, I take that to heart, you know, 
education for me, and it's not even just with music, is is very, very important. You know, I, I take, I really do take a lot back to my education. Not so much, you know, uh, 14 minus 7, you know, plus 48 C squared plus 2 divided by 6. Uh, but the lessons that you learn and, and the relationships that you'll make, and that's a lot about what Amy talks about. And that's, I think, where the connection so much, you know, is, is just, it's so nice to see a cross, cross generational, that's a hard thing to say, connection. Um, you know, whereas if I was in her position, I feel like I would be saying the exact same things. And it's, it's very, very, again, just promising for me. And I hope, well, I don't hope, I know you will uh, hear that, you know, as well as, as we, have the conversation here. So I'm going to stop rambling. I know I say that I literally every mid, 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 oh my gosh, now I'm stumbling, rambling all around. Every mid-park memoir I have, uh, I always say I'm going to stop rambling because it's all I do. It's all I ever do. This is Amy Renzulli with the School of Rock, uh, two different locations, the School of Rock, Oak Park, School of Rock, Northbrook. Uh, and it is a School of Rock. I, I, I feel like I've just somehow blended School of Rock and House of Rock, and I just like say both at some point. So if I've ever said House of Rock, I, I apologize. That's certainly incorrect. <laughs> the School of Rock. Uh, so Amy here, uh, I hope that you uh, enjoy the conversation, and we will be back at the end to wrap everything up. Yes. Um, so lots of places that we can start. Um, so Amy and I, um, just met about a week or so ago on the phone and, and I took away a number of quotes from that one phone call alone that I know those listening will, will find a lot of value in. Um, so I guess where we'll start, of course, uh, is what we were just talking about off the recording um, in that, what is the School of Rock? Um, you know, everybody knows the movie with Jack Black. Um, obviously, that's a movie, but I'm sure there are some similarities. I'm sure there are some things that, you know, as I just said, like, you know, good things and bad things. So what is the School of Rock? Tell me all about it. Um, well, first, um, about the movie, the 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 word is that the movie was loosely based on the original founder of the School of Rock, which started in Philadelphia um, by a guy named Paul Green. And he is still, he's no longer involved with the School of Rock, but he has his own music schools. And um, I am really grateful for what he built. Um, but the School of Rock is um, a performance-based rock and roll music school. We, um, we teach differently than I'd say most, maybe how many of us might've learned to play music in our childhood. Um, we have a song first approach. So we teach kids from day one, from the, the moment they um, come into our school and sit down for a trial lesson, we teach them a song. And they usually come out of that trial lesson and say, mom, I learned the Beatles today. You know. Oh yeah. Um, so they get really excited about playing and um, they want to practice and they want to learn. And um, then the way that we reinforce all of that is by having them practice together. So even from the littlest ones, they're involved in group rehearsals. They learn how to lock in. They learn about all the different instruments and all the different equipment that are that's on the stages. And, um, and then when they're ready, they go into our performance program. And um, we just held our first uh, performances for our new school with a very small group of kids um, 
we lost five kids during the um, rehearsal season, which is a very high number of kids to lose. That kind of doesn't happen like that, but I think it's we're Sounds new. Like it. Yeah, for various reasons, maybe people didn't know what the commitment was, or they just didn't know what we do. Um, so we had we were down five kids. We um, we only had um, five weeks of rehearsals, which we normally have twelve or thirteen. And the first day, we did it two days. Um, the first day- This has day, all been managing during COVID as well. Oh, during COVID, yeah. So, they, yeah. so they, they come in, they rehearse with masks on, singers bring their own mics, they stand behind plexiglass screens, they socially distance. Um, so we do it all as safe as we can. But, and then this, the um, show is live streamed from um, a performance stage that we have in our Oak Park School. Um, it's at the back of a warehouse and it's super cool. Love and so they did really they they did a great job on day one. But day two, I had a professional photographer come. Um, his name is David Kindler. He's been such an asset to us. He 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 shoots Riot Fest and Summerfest and all kinds of cool stuff. And so he yeah. was there with a big camera, you know, down on his knees and shooting the kids. And the kids just like they fed off of that. I really think that was one, they had gotten their jitters out the first day. But two, they really felt like they were special and they performed as if they had been doing it for season after season. It, they, were, it, they were putting on a show. Cool. Yeah. So it was really cool. That is wonderful. Um, yeah. I, I saw the other day on Instagram, School of Rock Oak Park went live um, and it was a, uh, the stage um, and you guys were doing a show. I don't know exactly what it was, but it was great. I was on it for, I think. 10, 15 Aww. minutes just rocking out and, and, uh, it was good stuff. So I just, you know, I, I can't, you know, all of my listeners know, obviously the, the, the passion that I have for music. So, um, knowing the importance of what you're doing is, is just, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, I don't, I don't say that lightly. Um, something for sure that I want to touch on you know, right along those same lines and, and kind of like welcoming people in is you said you always want to be a place of acceptance and belonging for people. Um, talk a little bit about that and, and kind of what that means to you in, in the School of Rock. Yeah, well, that's a, I don't even know where to start because <laughs> that's just about everything for me. Um, yep. So when we first opened in Oak Park, which was um, back in May of 2013, we um, I knew that I didn't want to open a country club. I, I our program is expensive. There's a the element of a one-on-one -on -one lesson with a professional musician, so that just adds a big cost. And sure. um, but I wanted it to be a place where anybody who wanted to come or needed to be there could come. Um, so we've done a lot of work over the years for um, raising scholarship funds and giving grants and that kind of thing. Um, and then the other thing is I want people to, when they come in our school, wherever they are, I want them to see somebody that looks like them, whether it's the color of their skin, their identity, their gender identity, their age, um, you know, from the youngest to the to the oldest. Like I want, I want them to see that in our teachers. I want them to see that in the student body. And so it's been a very deliberate effort to to make it accessible and um, inclusive. And then and then beyond that, just beyond seeing people that look like them, I want people to to like take a breath and say, "Wow, I I found my place. I, I belong here." 
and um, in Northbrook, it's a little Northbrook, which is our Glenbrook school. It's a little different because it's not as close to the city, um, mm -hmm. but there's still a lot of diversity up here in, in ways that are different than Oak Park. But um, one in one tour, we were given a tour to somebody and the kid like tugged on his mom's coat and said, Mom, I think I belong here. And so that's what that's just what it's all about for me and for all of us is um, for, for many people right now, this is the only thing that they're doing. And they've made that choice that this is this is the one thing that they are doing. Yep. And that kind of, I think, begins to answer the question of why. Why is that so important to you to have that acceptance and have people that look like everybody? And why is that? I can tell even in your face, it is very dear to your heart. Um, so I'd love to hear about that. Why? <laughs> um that's a really big question. It is. I'm afraid I'm going to give an answer that's that's not meaningful enough. No, we can come back to it if you want. Okay. Well, well, part of why is um, I just want to do good. I just want to do the right thing. I mean, I I am obviously in this to earn a living and you know have a successful, thriving business. Um, sure. Pay bonuses where I can, all that stuff. I mean, it, but it, it's really not as much about the money as it is about um about uh, it's about the art it's about it's about yeah, providing it's, that outlet it's about giving people something that they need and i always say that people are here for a reason um i thought for example that the adults would be very transient and, I, and that an adult program would be this thing where maybe they would take a 30 minute lesson a week but they couldn't possibly commit to a performance season um but we have four thriving adult groups in Oak Park. We have a band, which I'm part of. So we have band coaching. Wonderful. We have two, yeah, two performance programs, which I'm in one now because the band's taking a break. And then we have our study hall, which is um, kind of the beginner place where they, they come in, they're new, they haven't been playing for a while or they haven't been playing at all and they learn how to play with other people, just the same as we do with kids. So what I found is I was wrong about all of that. They're there because they need the social outlet. They need. Um, they want to be learning something. They want to be growing. They want to be. Um, they want to conquer challenges, and and they stay. They stay as longer than the kids in some cases. So, yep. so yeah, I guess it's all really about the same thing. It's all about um, having a community, building a community that um, is strong and can. And we've seen that, like that it's so strong we're, we're weathering this storm very well and um we i just look we're just going through our signups for oak park um we have 150 students not including the adults signed up for a spring show season that's awesome it is awesome and normally yeah. like or not normally but over the past year and couple of years that number has been in the low 200s but still um to have 150 kids and just in that one program is I'm just really grateful and it says a lot about what we do and how important it is yep absolutely no it's that's all beautiful I think your answer was very good uh, you, you you did a good job I know that was important to you so um, yeah I'm right there with you um, there's probably a good chance that that for some of the adults that could be the first time they've ever felt accepted you know fully for Especially yeah. with, with music and, you know, that's one of those things that a lot of people 
have always been curious about or have always wanted to do but just never do. And then getting a place like School of Rock where you have that atmosphere that allows you to come in like that, I'm sure, is uh, – you can't replace that. So, um, yeah, that's that's really, really wonderful. Um, and, and that correlates a lot with what I talk about. And, and you know, another thing that you said there, great, was it's not all about the money. You know, it's uh, – I get asked a lot now as I'm starting my brand, you know, how are you going to start to make money? How are you going to do this and that? And I just say – I'm not concerned about that right now. You know, um, I'm, it's going to come. Uh, if I continue to organically put out what is true to me, you know, and what is true to my brand, that'll all come. Uh, it's tough right now for sure in making it, um, but that's part of the process, you know, and, and I think that same type of thing applies. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. Um, with the adult program, I have I have lots of questions across the board. But with the adult program, I know you just were talking about uh, there was about 150 that you have for the spring, and that's for the kids, right? Kids, yeah. Yep. For the adult program, about how many adults do you have? I know you said you've got a few different types of programs and levels that they can kind of enter in, but I'd say I'm going to say somewhere between 35 and 45 now. I mean, that number gets bigger when when we're in normal times. Um, and just getting back to what you said about I mean, the, the adults are really just older humans. They're the same. We're the same as we were when we were we were 13. We have the same. Especially when it comes to music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And, it's all in you deeply. And you're right. And I look around, you know, when I'm in the rehearsals, I'm, I'm very aware of um, uh, the people who are quiet, you know, the people that don't talk as much or don't socialize as much or, um, but play really well or what, I just want everybody to feel like they're in on the inside and then yep. nobody's on the outside. So um, yeah. And I have to uh, actually tonight we have our, we have, we have two, performance, like audition performance groups, um, moving back to the kids, sorry, no, you're um, good. show team. And then, um, a house band, um, the show team is kind of the top level, um, players. They, they, in, again, when we're not in COVID, we, they've played at riot fest. They've played at the Chicago auto show. We play at Summerfest every year. Um, all those things went by the wayside this year. We play at block parties and thankfully we got to do a lot of that. I was even thinking this morning about um, marketing for block parties because that might be how we perform this summer. But there's all, there's all kinds of opportunities outside. Yeah. Um, but tonight I have to talk to the group. It's like the kickoff. They just had auditions. It's all, you know, new configuration and some new people on. And I have to talk to them about what it means to be part of this team. And I know that there are some... Um, I don't know, like bullying is a strong word, but just some some kind of behavior that is uh, exclusive and harmful. And I have to give that talk that just explains that it's not tolerated and yeah. that you you know you're being given something. This is free. They don't pay for it. I mean, yep. they they pay for it in that they represent the school and it tells people who we are. I mean, it is an, a marketing arm too. 
but all the rehearsals and all of the um, events, we, we cover that cost. So yeah, we want to hold kids to a higher standard because the other kids that are up and coming are looking to them. They're, yep. they're their role models. So I have to put the hammer down, but hopefully in an inspiring way tonight. Yeah, no, I'm sure you will. And these are kids that are not only uh, in, in the school of rock, they're in school. They're mm -hmm. in, they're, they're members of a family. They have friends. So I mean by that, of course, that they take the lessons that you're teaching them uh, all over the place, all over Chicago. So mm -hmm. um, it's important to, to get on that stuff. Um, one of the things I know that you mentioned a few times already, and, and we talked about before that's important to you as well as cost. Um, and, you know, making sure that you know, you, you touched on, obviously, there's there's natural costs that come with the stuff that you just you can't avoid. Um, but you still want to be able to provide that outlet for people, even if they can't necessarily cover those costs. Um, how does that work? And like, why, you know, I guess I'll give I'll give you the preface this time that I'm going to ask why. So how does that work? And why is that important? Yeah, to you? yeah. Well, it gets back to what I said earlier, which is, I want everyone who wants to be here, needs to be here, um, to be able to be here in either school. So I don't want somebody to not be able to come because they can't afford it. Yep. Um, on the flip side, I don't, I want the people who come, who we, who we give scholarships to, or who we give substantial discounts to, to love music. I mean, sometimes we get people who they're not here for the right reasons. And yep. so that's challenge. So like, that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, one of our, I'm going off into a story. I might not be answering your questions. So. That's you go ahead. So one of our former teachers who is just a beautiful, delightful, talented, artistic person. Um, she used to teach our littlest kids, our preschool program. And um, she had, a, she has two kids and her daughter at the time was even too young for the program. So she must've been under three. And, and so she was always like running around and sitting on her mom's lap and her mom was trying to put her to the side so she could continue teaching the class. But um, just the other day she sent me, um, she sent me a um, audio clip of her daughter singing Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh yeah. It blew me away. Her voice had this like depth and richness and uh, tone that you, you don't hear all the time. And she, just turned 10 like two days ago. Wow. So um, it was it was so powerful that I picked up the phone, called her mom and said, she needs to be here. Her name is Judea. She needs to be here. So I want to give you a scholarship. And it, that is exactly the Get kind here, of- Judea, we need you. Yeah, we need her and she needs us. And that's where, that, that's where the goodwill, it needs to go to people who are here because of the music. Yep. And, you know, and other reasons, but so we constantly fundraise. We do, um, we do an awesome staff show, which every year, which everybody loves, uh, including the staff, it's become like a big team building activity for us. We do three rehearsals and then we put on a show and we're going to do it this, um, hopefully I'm hoping in February, we'll do a show from a place called the jam lab, which, um, is where we did our season shows over the past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing place with um, just just great sound and lights and cameras and all that for live streaming. Wonderful. 
Um, yeah, there's there's just there's a lot of, of similarities, you know, and, and, and I, again, I think that is just it's the culture of music, um, you know, and, and what, as you've alluded to, there are genuine reasons that people get into music um, and, and there are other reasons that people get into music. Doesn't make those people wrong. Um, just not necessarily, like you said, you know, what you want to be focusing, especially with scholarships and things like that, you know, where you have somebody like Judea who is 10 years old. Um, I mean, that, that, that changes your life. I mean, that, that shapes the rest of your life from there. Um, do you experience a lot of poverty related things in Chicago especially with the Oak Park School, given the location um, and, and its proximity to the city and the amount of diversity and whatnot. Do you experience a lot of that? Yeah, we have a, we have a pretty strong need and we have, um, I, I, I wish we had a more formalized approach to all of this because it, it can be a bit of a delicate conversation when someone comes into the school, they do a trial lesson. And then when we get to talking about the price, um, they just, they just, disappear and and um it's yep. hard to know when to bring that conversation up and and how to bring it up so i'm um, that's something i'm going to be working on a lot this year which is um uh coming up with some more of like a tiered approach and um i i don't know just figuring out how to identify who who needs the help and um who needs maybe needs all of the help, you know, or who just needs maybe a little help, or maybe they have multiple kids. There's reasons why this, there's reasons why this becomes a little too expensive for people. And sometimes it's not just income. It might be what their family situation is. They maybe they have a large household. And so anyway, um, I don't yeah. know if I'm answering your question. You, you are absolutely. Yes. Uh, let's, let's go to a, a, a lighter topic for a moment. Uh, what are your, you personally what are your musical influences and, and interests i'm sure they're very vast i and i see you rolling your head almost uh when people ask me that question i i i get anxious anxious sometimes because music is so important to me that i want to answer it accurately yeah. uh so you may be feeling that and i may have just you know thrown the conversation Anya, even further, but I am curious, uh, you know, as to your musical influences and kind of where that started in you. You know, when did Amy at age eight, nine, ten realize that she wanted to pursue something in music? Well, I'm smiling because some of what I'm going to say is like totally predictable. For That's okay. Age. But um, so I, I didn't really think about music so much for myself until my late forties and until my daughter started going to the school of rock in Chicago. And then I saw, um, well, that's when I saw the opportunity that I thought something like that would be good in Oak park. And so that's how we, that's how that came to be. But if I go way back to uh, being a little girl, my mom was the choir director of, I went to a Methodist church and she was the choir director of like the little kids choir. And that is where- Did you grow up in Chicago? I grew up in Wilmington, Delaware. Oh, that's right. You told me that. That's, yep, yep. Yeah. And um, so, and I, oh, I had a very interesting upbringing, but that's a whole other topic. Yeah. So, so um, 
that's where I learned harmonies, mm -hmm. um, singing in choir and then, you know, singing um, hymns out of the hymn book. I don't go to church no, anymore. So, but this is a long time ago. But I feel I, you. Yeah. That's where I learned to sing harmonies. And that's my favorite thing ever. My, it, it's just, when I listen to music, I'm listening for the different parts. You know, I'm listening for the bass because my daughter plays the bass. I'm listening to the harmony parts. Um, th those, that's really where I focus my, my listening, but, um, okay. And then as like a younger adult, I used to imagine, I used to, I used to daydream about taking voice lessons and mm -hmm. what if I took voice lessons and what if I had an opportunity to sing somewhere? And it was this like wild fantasy that I never thought would ever, ever happen. So to be singing. And then when I started singing in my forties, it was very emotional and, and very difficult because I didn't have, I had like a squeaky old lady voice. That's how I felt. You know, I just started to cry the first time I started to sing. I tried to sing. So this again. was really the first time you'd ever started singing in your forties. Yeah. As a, yeah, as an adult. Um, crazy. And in a good, crazy in a good way. For yeah. Sure. Right. So yes. And then, um, uh, I'm going to jump off for one second over on a tangent, but one of the band members, um, is a guy who used to, um, race motorcycles. And so he was like a thrill seeker, like the adrenaline and he can't do that anymore because he's my age and he has kids and a family. Right. And so, and he's probably broken way too many bones, <clears throat> but he started playing, he started singing. He started playing the drums, the guitar, the bass. Um, we're in a band together and he, um, and he has a, incredible incredible voice i'm just so lucky to get to sing with him um that gives but, me hope that, that i mean yeah. honestly hold on to what you're saying please okay. but like yeah, yeah it gives me hope you know I, I i uh i'm very much the same way you know i and we talked about this you know briefly before i've always been into music i've always from from as early as Again, eight, nine, ten can remember listening to songs with my dad, mm -hmm. classic rock in the car, and and beginning to experiment with you know Pink Floyd. You can see the flag above my head in my room here, mm -hmm. um, and getting into all that. I've I've always had. I've got a guitar sitting above my head as well that I haven't learned to play yet. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I'm only 28. Uh, I know that. As much as as old as I feel, and quickly as the, the time is going, I know that I am still young for the most part, and have time to 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 learn those things. So, to hear of stories like that is encouraging. I think not only for me, but for many, you know. And it's not even just a music thing either. That should apply to anything that that you know, passion wise, that you've always felt, you know, is within you do it before you before you know yeah you die yeah. I mean, yeah you do it before you die i mean uh so didn't mean to interrupt you but had to had to throw that in there but go ahead please um so musical influences so that's a that's an interesting one because i am not the one that remembers the name of every band member oh you sound like my mother oh it's, i'm terrible but i can't remember movies i watched i don't need there's certain things that i have like this, this gap in my memory and I've had forever. This That's is one okay. of them. Yep. Yeah. But um, I'm thinking about, okay, when I was a kid, my parents had albums like Harry Chapin, Melanie, Judy Collins, maybe some John Denver, 
There you go. And um, Harry Chapin was just such a great storyteller. I don't know if you've ever listened to him, his music. Cats in the Cradle, baby. Oh, but the the stories. We would, my sisters and I would play the music, put the records on, and and act out shows and stuff. Um, and then high school, you know, I was in high school in the '80s, so we had uh, ZZ Top. Oh and, yeah. Uh, the Police and the Cars and um, oh geez, all kinds of stuff. Um, I remember school dances. I, mean, I went to uh, getting back to the interesting part of my childhood. I went. I was part of um, desegregation and busing. That's a different story. <laughs> but oh, music, yeah. I would say, yeah, that we could get into that too. That's awesome. Um, but the music was very diverse, and so um, I was exposed to a lot of different music. And then now, I really, um, I've always loved Bruce Springsteen. That is the thing I was going to tell you. That's totally ex um, expected. That's okay. Yeah. You are from Delaware. You are, yeah, yeah. pretty expected. You, yeah. But that's okay. I mean, I'm I'm a huge, huge, huge Bruce Springsteen fan. A huge place in my life as well. Yeah. So he's, uh, yeah, um, one of our seniors. We had a senior show this weekend. That's another story. But one of our seniors sang um, "Thunder Road," and it was it was just incredible. Yeah. And, and he's a, a young adult who. You wouldn't expect to see him singing and performing like that. He's kind of quiet and reserved on the outside. Um, and then, but now I really like uh, artists like Miguel, um, Leon Bridges. There's a band called Mount, Mount Joy, and there's yep. a song called Sheep. Have you ever heard that song? Um, no, I have. I was actually just suggested Mount Joy. It's the only reason I shake my yeah. head not too long ago. It was the first time I'd heard of them. But this no. song. Sheep um, is about police brutality in, in Baltimore, a police shooting in Baltimore. It's incredible. And it, I just listen to it over and over again and sing it. <laughs> and, um, Wonderful. And, um, so artists like that. I'm trying to think of others like Tame Impala I like. and um, Oh, Tame's a – yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting one. Uh, gosh, what was the most recent album that I got into of his – I don't remember. I was just recently introduced to his music as well, to Tame and Paolo's music. Um, what are your thoughts? You may not have any at all, but you know, just when you're talking about what you listen for in music, uh, it immediately brought me to one of my greatest artistical influences in Florence Welch. <laughs> Do you have any any thoughts on Florence Welch of Florence and the Machine? Oh yeah, no, I love her music. It's way too high for me to sing <laughs> but yeah um, yeah it, it, she, she's got a, a wide range of pipes that's for yeah. sure um yeah florence is uh her music is few and far between for me in, in terms of influences and whatnot um that's all good stuff um one quote that you that, that i picked from some things you just said uh was you had an interesting upbringing hmm. why that's that's a very general question. Uh, why yeah. did you have an interesting upbringing? I'm sure that could take you a number of different routes, but uh, yeah. yeah, talk about that. So my parents moved to the city of Wilmington, Delaware, when I was uh, probably about three or four. And um, is that Joe Biden's hometown? Yes, it is. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> I, I know he's from Delaware. I just couldn't remember if it was Wilmington yeah. or not. Yeah, it is. So, um, when, okay. So my, my father was a doctor and my mother, um, 
when she first got out of school, she was a teacher, but then she was a stay-at-home mom. Um, she later went to the University of Pennsylvania Law School to become a lawyer. And then my dad later um, sort of semi-retired from doctoring to become an artist. So all, all kinds of life changes. Yeah. Um, and, and all kinds of, like, I think you were saying that um, part of your podcast is about people that have just taken different paths in their lives. And, not that this great path. Um, and so if I think about it, um, my three sisters and I all are entrepreneurs. One's a doctor with her own private practice that she reinvented. Um, one's an artist with an incredible like worldwide um, customer base. And um, and she, she teaches other people to do what she does and she sells her products that she's developed and she's incredible. So anyway, I think that where my sisters and, yourself- and I are- don't leave yeah. yourself out. I know you. I knew you were going to do that. And yourself, who is is leading two schools in a mass in the third largest city of the United States, having a positive impact on hundreds and hundreds and potentially thousands of kids. So don't sure don't sell yourself short yeah. either. Now now you can continue. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So I think it's like seeing my parents make these major life shifts, and and their forties or whatever age that was, like. That I, I think it was kind of inevitable that I would do the same. But the other interesting part of my upbringing is that they moved to the city, which is um, kind of reminds me of Oak Park, where, where I live now, very much so, because it's very diverse, all kinds of di- different housing, um, urban, you know, you walk everywhere. Um, this is still in Wilmington. This is Wilmington, yeah. And but um, and so we're in my neighborhood, um, Pretty much the, I'm generalizing because, but not all the white kids, but most of the white kids went to either private or Catholic schools. Yep. Um, and then most of the black and Hispanic and, you know, other kids went to public schools. So my sisters and I went to public school since, you know, from kindergarten on. And yeah. that was before desegregation. So we were in the minority. Um, I still have a friend who I remember seeing the first day of kindergarten. His name is Jerry Cobb. And after all these years, and I really wanted to find him because we were in school together all, all from the beginning all the way through high school. And we recently reconnected on Facebook. I sent him a painting of mine, and that's been pretty cool. That's so, great. But then in, um, in about like when I was in um, about middle school age, they started busing. So the bus would stop in front of my house we would all get on the bus and we would drive out to the suburbs and my sisters and I would get off the bus and people would look at us like, what, like, why are, where did you come from? You know, who are you? And, um, and so they just couldn't make sense of, um, white kids coming on the bus from the city to go to school in the suburbs, but that's how it was. And, um, I, I love my upbringing. I, I, I just, I wouldn't change it for anything. And I'm still connected, awesome. yeah, to many of the people that I went to school with from all backgrounds, and we all share the same values. And so that's been really powerful thing for me because I don't know in this world today, and I'm still learning. You know, I thought I thought things were good. You know, I thought when Obama was president um, that things were better, and and that we were, you know, going in the, I'm going to start crying here in a second. That's okay. But um, it's not, in fact, it's getting worse. And 
there's just things that we have to fix. And um, I follow um, this uh, attorney, Ben Crump. Oh, yeah. No, Ben. Ben yeah, Crump. Yeah. I, I follow and him I, as well. Yeah, I read him every day. I read it on Twitter and I just it's just um, devastating. You know, the the. I don't know what to call it, the police brutality or whatever, you know, it's, 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 it's happening every single day, mm -hmm. everywhere. Yep. And, um, I don't know what can be done to change it. I was thinking this morning, like, I wonder if there's a national, the, could there be a national mandate that all police officers have to go through some sort of mental health screening and personality screening and, and maybe a mandate about the, the right kind of training um, you know, the training, like not to, uh, try to kill somebody mm -hmm. <laughs> for a start. Mm -hmm. so, it's, anyway. it's a very interesting topic. Um, and I have a lot of personal experience with it. My dad was a policeman for 17, 15, 17 ish years mm -hmm. uh, in Ohio, not in, not in Chicago. Um, so, but you know, I, I also, uh, I'm not one of those people that is uh, blue lives matter. Uh, that's for damn sure. Uh, and I'm also not a person that believes that all cops are bastards either. Um, I think, you know, in living in Chicago as well, I, I, I firsthand see the positive impact that police can have, mm -hmm. uh, when the police have a great relationship with serving and protecting their community, it, it, it can't be beaten. Um, that's, that's what it's there for. That's, that's the beauty of it. There, there are great people that are policemen. It, it is foolish to think that all of anything is, is bad. Um, I agree. I just want to, I want to put that on the record too. I hundred yeah. percent agree. I think there are more good police than bad. I really do. But, yeah. the, but the things that are happening, uh, just can't, can't be tolerated anymore. And yeah. then that, better for everyone yep. because it's not, you know if you're if you are doing a good job and you're protecting your com community and you're putting yourself out there in danger those other ones that are making bad decisions are making them less safe yep yeah it, it rubs off uh it, it's it's a chain effect i mean over the last i think 20 years or so i would say there's been a big cultural shift with the police and the way and and just who police departments hire, uh, the, the way that the systems are designed to become a policeman. Uh, I think one thing that would help for sure is requiring a college degree. Um, I know that that sounds kind of snarky, but um, I think we get a lot of like, I don't want to, I want to be choice with my words here, but frat boy type, you know, power grabbers that are going to be policemen that, that just can't, you know, don't really have much else. And it, it creates that toxic culture. And, and once you get there, it's very hard to go back. And I think that's where we're at with a lot of, you know, things. And, and of course, over the last four years with the, the man that's been in office, all of that has been amplified times a thousand. Uh, so hopefully we can begin to get back to, you know, where you were talking about with, with Obama and, and, I think there's a lot of work to do and I, 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 yeah, it's, it's crazy. A lot of, um, you know, a lot of, I don't know what the, the, the saying is, but like the stones have been turned over, you know, mm -hmm. a, a light is shining in the dark corner. So now we know, um, we know 
like many people already knew, but we know what's out there and it's, it's not buried. It's in our faces. Yep. And so now we can deal with it. Yep. Yeah. This is uh, a, a pivotal point. I mean, I, you know, I don't need to harp on it. I think you know that everybody that's listening knows that, you know, at this point, most Americans with, with common sense realize that this time we're in is a very pivotal point for our culture. So um, speaking of the man that is from Wilmington, Delaware, uh, a, a question that I have on that regards is, I mean, has him, you know, for a great example for me is I'm, I'm from uh, Northeast Ohio, have the same area code as LeBron James. So I take immense pride in that, uh, you know, always represent LeBron James uh, wherever, whenever he can or I can. Has Joe Biden being on the national stage and always representing Wilmington, Delaware, been good for you to see? Yes. And I feel like, you know, of course, I don't know him personally, but um, he's been a presence in my life in politics for as long as I can remember. And when you go onto the national stage um, and you're running for president of the United States, people don't necessarily know all of the history, you know, some, some good decisions, some bad decisions, some things that had unintended consequences that need to be corrected. I think the the I think it's really cool that he is willing to change it. He's willing to reflect on always learns. Yeah. I mean that everybody should take that with them. Um it's okay if you make mistakes for the most part. Yeah. Uh, some some are you can't go back on, but it's okay if you make mistakes. If you learn from them and become better. Exactly. Yeah. There was uh, a, sorry. There's one other thing I just wanted to touch on um, regarding um, my, my friends from back home. I I would love to have a dialogue about race with um, the people I went to school with, um, the people that lived in the suburbs and the people that rode the buses from the city and vice versa. I I have a friend. Uh, we used to be in plays together, and uh, his name is Lee Graham, and we've always talked about trying to figure out a way to either write about it or um, or maybe it is finding like the right podcast to get a few people on to have a, con- a, a, a facilitated conversation would be cool. Are you hinting at something? Maybe. Ah, that's a good, that's a good, I mean, that, that would be very interesting. I know, you know, just even think about people that listen to my podcast and, you know, it's not thousands and thousands of people, but um, you know, the, the following that I know, is there would be very interested in something like that. Um, not to say that you would do that with mine, like I said, but yeah, that's very, very good, uh, interesting stuff. Um, how did you get to Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, since this is being recorded, um, with I came here with my ex-husband. Hey, so- I came here with my ex-girlfriend. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I moved moved from Nashville. We got a twelve month lease, and three months into it, we broke up. So, no reason to to be yeah. worried about that. Yeah, I always say we moved out here, and uh, he dumped me. So that's my story. But okay. um, the the person who picked me up and dusted me off has been my husband since nineteen ninety eight, I think. And um, you think. 
or something like that. Oh, <laughs> hopefully he's not listening. That's lovely. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we have our two kids together. They're both adults now, and um, and and we've been quarantined together, which has um, which is telling me that we're going to be fine. I think we're going to make it. We're going to stay married. And yeah, if you can make it through that. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna survive retirement. It's almost like um, it's it's been that part of it has been just really a gift. Um, just being with my husband, getting to know each other better because we're together so much. And then, um, it, even though my children are, they're not children, they're adults, but you know, their lives have been kind of taken a little turn because of COVID too. So it's, we've all been able to connect in a different way. And I know that I will always re remember this time as a family, yeah. even though we're not supposed to, all of us are not supposed to be together right now. Well, yeah, I mean, but you, either way, you understand, you know, people get where you're coming from. Um, even if you're not physically together, you know, it's still been a uh, time that families have, quote unquote, had to come together. Um, so an interesting thing that kind of correlates with what I um, uh, was about to ask that you just mentioned was what you did before School of Rock, because I know you've alluded a few times to, you know, in your 40s and, and taking kind of the, the different life paths and taking that jump, you know, into School of Rock and singing for the first time. Uh, and then you also just mentioned, uh, of course, that life event in which you moved to Chicago and uh, you had an unfortunate breakup, which happens to many of us, the best of us. Uh, did those things correlate in any way? You hmm. kind of losing that that relationship and then essentially ex starting the rest of your life. Uh, yeah, I guess not in a not a direct correlation because there's quite a bit of time between um, when that took place, which was 1994, hmm. and um, you know I had a career at. Um, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, and then later Prime Therapeutics. I was, I moved around a lot because I was always trying to find where I fit, and I was always trying to find a place where I could build something new. Yep. And then finally, I kind of ran out of room, <laughs> and um, I had my my last boss was very very challenging and hard, and um, I actually think about now like calling him and thanking him because I learned I, as much as I struggled and did not fit in where I was, I learned so much about leadership, about, you know, getting things done, about accountability and all that stuff from the person who is the most challenging person. Yep. To work with. But, um, so as far as a correlation, um, yeah, because. I'm married now to someone who whose parents also were entrepreneurs, and um, uh, so he's able to support. He's 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 doesn't have the fear that maybe some other people would have yep. about um, taking risks and building something. And I think he, he likes that I'm doing this because he's he's in it too. Um, he couldn't do it alone, but I'm the one that's like taking, you know, running the businesses and making all these decisions and stuff with his support. So I would have never, ever, ever been the person I am today or the, the entrepreneur that I am if I were still married to somebody else. So, yep. It's great. Yeah. That's, uh, 
the the most you know obvious example ever of of one thing happening i mean literally one thing happening and and changing the shape of your life forever um and of course in the moment back in 1994 i'm sure that hurt like a son of a bitch uh right and and back when i was only two years old i had to throw that in there i'm sorry Ah, um i was alive at least right i was alive at least um so yeah you know just feeling those things you know I, i like i said i've kind of been through it myself and everybody has at some point with something and in the moment you just think well, there's no way I'm going to get through this. You know, there, there's no way I didn't see this for my life. My, you know, nobody ever sees himself getting a divorce. You don't mm-hmm. get married to get a divorce. Uh, but it happens. It happens with lots of people. And then, you know, just like you said, it, it all works out in the end. And as cliche and corny as that sounds, it is as true as it can be. Um, another thing. So, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. So true because, um, I really believe that um, I'm not one who believes that there's just one person for everyone. I don't think that's necessarily true, but I do think that um, the right mate is out there for everyone and that um, you can have, you can fall in love at any age. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. So great i and cool. <laughs> you know the the listeners can't see the the video here but amy's got a big smile on her face it's great um one uh one thing there that i know i relate to quite a bit um is your experience you know before school of rock working with we said blue cross blue shield mm-hmm. um and i guess really in general just kind of the corporate jobs mm-hmm. um that you said you struggled to fit in was that always an issue, struggling to fit in with those types of jobs? Or was it just because of you were at Blue Cross Blue Shield? Or like, I guess what I'm getting at is, for me, and again, just relating it to myself, and I know probably for many of the kids and, and adults at School of Rock, uh, they've probably felt that way as well. You know, I'm in a situation right now as we speak of, you know, technically being unemployed. I was laid off from my job in April it's kind of what sprung all of this, um, but I'm going to have to find a job again and, and getting back into that and, and trying to find the right job that allows me to balance all of this and put my mind where I want to actually put the energy and creative energy. It's a son of a bitch. So I'm what curious. Kind of job, what kind of job do you think you want? I said I was going to ask you questions. Yeah, no, you're more than welcome. That's a great uh, uh or like what what's your interest in like not maybe not industry necessarily but like um is it is it sales is it management is it um no definitely not sales that's for sure uh i have some experience with sales uh so when i moved to nashville i am originally from canton ohio i lived in cleveland ohio for college boom uh 2015 it'll actually be five years uh on the 27th here that i've been gone i moved to nashville for about three and a half years um and the first job that i had there was door-to-door sales uh for about seven months and i learned a lot about 
conversations and, and sales and that whole game that I don't like. Um, I did not feel comfortable going to people's homes and interrupting them and all of that. Um, after, after that, I got a job as a telemarketer to really bad sales jobs. So that's yeah. for sure. Um, by the way. <laughs> yeah, there, I was yeah. going to say, there are good sales jobs. I have a, my very best friend is, is in a good sales job. I just, for me, I think it was tainted early on. And I yeah. know that's not who I am. Um, not Again, it's not a bad thing. It's just not, it's not my personality to sell things necessarily. Um, I know it's a very long-winded answer, but, you know, I found a place corporate-wise you know, doing customer service, back-end operations type things. I worked at Lyft Corporate for two and a half years uh, in Nashville, and then I was at Yelp here. Um, and I like that stuff. Um, I just, it, it's it's not what I ultimately want to be doing, you know, in, in the end. What I want to be doing is using the life experiences, the entire artistic uh craft that I believe I've I've had in me for 15 to 20 years now to build this um, but you know as I said I, I I know unfortunately there's no avoiding that I will have to get a job uh, so where I'm putting my mind now is n jobs that hopefully won't have me using a lot of brain power um, you know I, I would not mind stocking mm -hmm. I mean Mm -hmm. uh, just something that, you know, with that, it may not necessarily pay enough for me, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's tough, but I guess ultimately what I'm getting to is I'm using a lot of my brain power and creative energy and social energy on my brand here. So I can't imagine sitting at a computer for 40 hours a week doing something very similar. So yeah. well, but we'll see. how about teaching podcasting? Would that uh, be interesting? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would, yeah. I mean, I have people ask me questions all the time. So one of the services that I have on my website is uh, brand cons consultation, um, you know, kind of any, any media thing related. So my, my degree is in journalism, broadcast journalism. Uh, my, my background is in sports. Uh, when I was in college, I worked in the athletic communications department and, and wrote articles for the websites. So that's kind of where all of that is rooted. Um, so all of that like content creation and whatnot yeah has always been it's just a matter of unfortunately there there are no places that like high that, that you know want to teach podcasts i guess i would say at least that i know of so you think there's uh, a, do you think there's a correlation between um what you do and music education i mean do you think there's like what if there was a what if there was a school of rock podcast led by kids yeah oh for sure yeah uh, well we, we sure we'll talk more off the recording um but yeah absolutely i mean whatever you want with that yeah no i i i think for sure i mean the thing about podcasts in general uh is i mean this is the time for that i mean everybody in some capacity, like has a podcast or uh, uh, I don't want to say alternate news source because mm -hmm. that like almost flirts with the fake news type of thing. That's not yeah. at all what I mean. Um, just something that's not as mainstream, I guess I would say, you know, because there's so much content out there. So uh, 
everybody, and yeah. yeah, and and everybody has a place. You know, it's just a matter of finding your audience, being authentic and who you are, and, and you know, kind of what we alluded to earlier, and and making money and whatnot. All that to come naturally, um, but anything with music, if you do it genuinely, is going to create a following, no doubt. Well, we should talk a little bit. Yeah, I would sure. I would love to. Yes. Um, what do you have any other questions for me? I would. Yeah, I'm all. I'm all ears. Uh, I'm all. I'm all. Obviously, open. How to are everything. you getting through? Uh, how are you getting through this quarantine? Like after a breakup, and yeah, fairly new to the area, and you know, how are you finding your people? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know you're. You, you, uh, very good question. I am a very, very naturally, and you may not seem from this conversation, but very naturally introverted, very naturally um, lonely by choice. I don't say that to like have pity. I, I just like, uh, I've always been that way. I have a very core group of friends that have, you know, always been my friends since high school. Um, so, I've always had, you know, my best friend, regardless of what's going on, uh, Dan, he, he knows, obviously I'm talking about him that I can FaceTime at any time. My mom's in Ohio. We FaceTime two, three, four times a week. Um, there's been a lot of time to think that's for damn sure. Um, so something I've been doing a lot is literally just going out on walks. Uh, you know, I, I live not far from Wrigley field, so just, go around and, and uh, one part of my website is photography, like urban photography. I go around and find graffiti and, you know, shit like that. Mm. Just, yeah. And just find ways to keep up my time. Um, and then when I'm here in my place, I, I've got my dogs I hang out with, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very open about my, my, uh, my love for the the marijuana plant uh you know i will tell anybody that i'm a big i mean truly you know that's a deep thing for me because i was uh i was addicted to opioids um for about four years from 2010 to 14 15 because of surgeries that i had and you know vicodin and pain care and percocet and moving from ohio to nashville and not having a way to get those and then mm -hmm. having an alternate of marijuana to be able to kind of get away from that was in a way a lifesaver for me. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't drink or anything like that. It's just kind of who I am. So the only reason I say that is, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always in that kind of culture, you know, always interested in that stuff. Um, I find lots of ways to keep up my time. You know, it's, I, I wake up every day right now, with the ability to do what I want. Uh, I may not have tons of money. I mean, I have any money, uh, but that's okay with me. I, I mean, truly, you know, I, I, I don't do a whole lot of things. Most things are closed to begin with. Um, yeah. The things that I like to do are go to sports games and concerts, two things that just literally don't exist right now. Um, so again, I know a really long winded answer there, but um, that's, that's how it's been. So, some things that I want to kind of focus on, um, just the tangible wise, uh, and, and, you know, actual specific things I'm here on the website and 
there's two things I kind of want to break down or at least get your input on. First off, the what we offer. I know we kind of touched on it earlier, you know, in the sense of having both um, adult classes. You've got all age groups. You've got people from all backgrounds and whatnot. But in terms of the actual skills, the things that are offered. Um, so we've got guitar lessons, drum lessons, singing and vocal lessons, keyboard lessons, bass lessons, and songwriting. Mm -hmm. What, what, I guess, if anything, kind of comes to mind first when you hear all of that, like, that's a lot of things, first off, uh, a lot of different of skill sets, which thus I would mean, I would, that would tell me you probably have a number of different, well, actually, who knows with musicians, musicians kind of can play everything. So who knows if you have a number of, of teachers or not. Um, so how does that all work? Well, um, do you want to start with the teachers or the sure? Or the, okay, so um, for the teachers, um, uh, of course, a lot of them are multi instrumentalists, and yep. just like a lot of our students end up becoming multi instrumentalists. But um, we hire, you know, we definitely hire them for their main instrument, um, and um, we kind of look for three things when we're when we're interviewing somebody. Um, yep. And if they have two of the three things, then we can work with the other thing. There you go. So the three things are an education in music. Um, some Sometimes they have started down the path of getting a de degree in music and maybe didn't quite just finish it or, um, or they have a degree in music. Um, so that's, like, that's our, one of the things. And then um, uh, they have- in, in no particular order here. Yeah, no particular order. So, th yeah, three things are education. Um, uh, they have to be, or the other thing we look for is, are they active gigging musicians? Have they played on a big stage or, or any stage? Um, have they done it? Have they Been there. walked the walk of what we're teaching? Sure. And, and then the third thing is, um, have they taught before? So if they're missing any one of those things, but they're, say they're really strong, uh in the other two areas then we can we can make it work and yeah. they end up they end up learning something new and i think pretty much everyone that comes to teach with us has said that they learn by teaching yeah um, even the most seasoned you know we have one teacher who's um his music is kind of blowing up on the um pandora and the streaming services right now which is which is great during this difficult time for many musicians Absolutely. but um i mean he had his own music music school at one point um and has an education in music um he kind of has it all has it all yep. <laughs> but not all of them start that way with us yeah gotta start somewhere that's a that's an interesting formula um how does that typically work i mean do, do people typically in the sense of teachers when they come in do they mold pretty well? And then, yeah, I mean, I guess you, you pretty well just said that, you know, everybody kind of learns in their own way. Um, yeah. How has that worked? Um, it, it's worked. It's worked. It's worked great. I mean, um, like some of our best teachers didn't know they didn't know they were teachers when they started, you know, um, uh, you've heard me talk. I think I've talked about Adam kind of my, my, my right arm guy. Yep. I don't, um, he, when we interviewed him, one of the, 
when we were new school in Oak Park, um, one of the key people that you need is somebody that would work with the youngest kids. Um, and we, we call that rock 101. And it's a hard, it's a hard job because they're, the kids are typically younger. They are, they're not experienced and they, they could be bouncing off the walls. <laughs> so it, it can be draining on the person doing that job. And he said, uh, during, it didn't it stop me if I said this before, but, um, in previous conversations, yeah, no, but, um, he said, um, this sounds like my dream job. <laughs> so we were like, you're hired. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's ended in up, a heartbeat. yeah, kind of doing everything from teaching, directing shows, um, uh, starting up our project studio program program, which is songwriting and recording. Um, and then becoming a, uh, music director and then, um, ultimately becoming a regional manager, like overseeing both schools so that, um, I don't have to do it all by, by myself. Yeah. Well, that you shouldn't, that's, yeah. that's a great thing. <laughs> um, that is, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, like I said, that's a very interesting formula. I haven't heard that before, but I mean, it makes sense as I think about it as somebody who has kind of been in leadership roles before, I guess I would say, and, and looking for things in people. Um, yeah. And, and, and just with what I would know about music, of course. Um, and then with the sense of the kids, what, one question I have that kind of just mm -hmm. popped into my head, what is the instrument that most kids typically start with? Is it piano? Um, it's, it's interesting. It's like, it's, it's kind of hard to say. Um, most kids, not most kids, a lot of the kids come in and they want to play the drums because they yep. think the drums are really cool. Yep. And so uh, sometimes new schools especially can find themselves with like an overload of drummers and, um, you know, they're trying to figure out how to round out because you have to, with every, every single program that we do in a group setting, you, you're constantly trying to balance the number of bass players, guitar players, singers, drummers, all of that. Can't have a band with nine drummers. Yeah, right. Um, and then, yeah, because then the parents like, well, uh, for obvious reasons, but then they don't get as much playing time and all of that. So yep. drums are really popular. A lot of kids um, come to us where they've been uh, taking, like piano lessons is a really common thing that kids will take at a young age and so they'll come with a lot of them will come with some background in piano that always helps you know anything that they do musically whether it's before they came to us or with us is, is going to help make them a better musician yep what uh what do you hope that the kids take away from you what do you hope that the you know, I know that you have touched on, obviously, the inclusive nature of everything. Um, but I guess, what do you like just in general, you know, hope that they take away from you specifically? You know, a, a, as a leader, I mean, I'm sure every every now and again you, you have to stop and uh, because you are so busy doing all, and, and I, I mean that in a very good way, I mean, mm -hmm. you're doing all these different things. You have to stop every now and again and kind of remind yourself that you are not under a microscope, yeah. uh, but you are kind of the leader of the whole thing. So 
I don't know if my question makes any yeah. sense at all. Uh, yeah. But just kind of rounding it out to be like, what, 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 what leadership do you hope that you portray? Um, I hope, um, I hope that they get the, I hope that they, at a, at a young age, meaning anybody before they graduate high school, I guess, yeah. um, really know what it means to build a community and nurture a community and care about a community. Um, I, I think that's just a very valuable life lesson wherever you are. Yep. Um, and I can't think of, I, I kind of like a lot of times I'm like, well, what can I compare this to? What other things do kids do where they might be in it for eight to 12 years, you know, besides school. Right. Um, and, and with school they're they're every year they're with a new teacher, maybe they're in new schools. So they really bond with the other students and with our teachers and with our front office staff. And um, so I just want them to, to just really value that and also know that it's a deliberate, it's deliberate, you know, it's on purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we forget, like sometimes there'll be a change, say a staffing change and we're so busy and we're running so fast, so hard to, do the next thing that we might forget to do a better transition with a child. And I always feel bad when that happens. It doesn't happen that often, but it has happened. Sure. And um, we all feel bad. <laughs> um, but there's ways to make that up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. I love it. Um, one thing that you mentioned there that want to bounce right off that is the kind of the bonds. Um that some of the kids make i'm sure you have over over the time seen kids that have literally come in there with maybe no friends one or two friends oh, yeah and make what becomes their lifelong best friend yeah um, or bandmate or or whatever um just simply by going there and and what ultimately goes back to the the passion for music, I guess, at the, at the core of it. I think, well, we, we, we do, we, you know, we do get, we'll, we get our, our, we get a fair amount of, um, introverted kids and adults. Um, oh, sure. Which is, um, which is cool because they're communicating through music. Yep. So they're communicating and they're, um, experiencing um, a connection with other people, but it's not necessarily like you and I are just sitting here and talking. So um, we tend to attract introverts. Um, we have kids that have been bullied in school um, and all this stuff is everywhere anyway. It's not like we're unique in that way, but I yep. think um, we, we build confidence for sure. Um, and um I feel you know, I mean, get, get confidence and um, a sense of accomplishment and um, kind of like we set, we have expectations that for the kids to do things that they don't know they could do. They didn't, yep. they never knew they could do. Their parents don't know that they could do it. You know, things that they accomplish that 
should take years and years and years to, to, you know, for an adult to learn how to do it. So I was thinking about this, um, our daughter's first all-stars tour, which is the all-stars are an audition group. They go through a series of auditions, um, three or four, depending on the school, but they, um, they audition with music directors from, from around the world. And then the top one to 2% um, get selected for all-stars and they go on national tour in the summer. They divide them up into um, different, I don't know, seven groups of 20, or I'm not exactly sure of the exact number, but they divide them up, um, put, you know, cast them, put them in groups, send them off to different places to rehearse. And they mm-hmm. get like, I don't know, three or four days of rehearsals. And then they go on tour, they hit the road and they play all over the country and they get to meet kids from around the world. And then they, um, they end up at like places like Lollapalooza. Um, there was it a sounds really- like a fairly decent accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. So one year, <laughs> for the, our daughter's first year, she, she got cast on this song. Um, uh, um, we say it was six, six. What was it called again? Six, six, six. The number of the beast. The number of the beast. Right. And she, they played, they did that show. Um, they did a show at wire here in Berwyn and watching her play that song. It made me think of her standing at the top of a, like a double black diamond ski hill and just getting ready to go on the attack. There you go. And then just, if you can imagine the, a bass player's face just going into that crazy, ridiculous, difficult song, that's what we, it was one of my favorite moments ever of, you know, watching her perform. That's great. Yeah. I, I can see both the proud parent and of course the, the music in you. Um, yeah. That's great. Yeah. I, um, I can relate a lot to that. Well, with the introversion for sure. And, you know, mm-hmm kids kind of coming out of the woodwork uh and again adults too i i shouldn't say just kids even myself now i think about it i mean i'm i'm still a relatively introverted person in my day-to-day life uh you know i i as you literally said communicate through music um so it is is very very interesting stuff um one thing gosh that you had said there as well um with the music oh gosh what was it uh, oh, with um, kind of, you know, an artist on a pedestal, just in my mind, you know, in, in, in envisioning your daughter there on, on the top of the mountain, mm-hmm. that immediately took me to, um, I saw ACDC live mm-hmm. with, with my mother, actually, um, and the encore was Angus Young and Angus Young only, and they, he, he walked out on you know, as far as the stage would go, there was a part of the stage that lifted him up above kind of, you know, the people that were seated on the floor. There was confetti coming from the ceiling. Uh, and he just went into about a 15 minute, just absolute shred solo, uh, in in the middle of let there be rock. And it was just, I'll never forget Mm -hmm. that. It was Mm -hmm. like, it was like looking at a God almost, Mm -hmm. um, and, and seeing them in all of their, you know, just, Sincere talent and glory. It's great. Yes. Yeah. So your daughter is Angus Young. That's a, I'm, I'm comparing <laughs> your daughter to Angus Young. That's, that's a, that's good expectations. Yeah. Um, but um, you earlier, when we were starting down this 
this conversation, then you were asking about all the different things that we do. And, you know, it's, it's, we do, we teach all the, all the rock instruments and we teach all ages. So from the littlest ones in preschool, learning, learning rock music, you know, like a a yellow submarine or, or we will rock you um, learning about the different bands and uh, different styles of music. And it's just, it's so fun how early they can catch on and get it. And then all the way up through adults who um, many who have played before and many who have never picked up an instrument in their life. And I think I was telling you about one of my friends who's um, started singing and playing, started with us and now uh, we're in a band together. Yeah. It's interesting to think about songs like yellow submarine that uh, Mm -hmm. you're interested in that song title for a whole different reason as a child. Yeah, and you do as and you are as an adult. It's yeah. uh, it kind of all coincides. That's too funny. Um, one other thing I wanted to touch on on the website are are these just fantastic uh, stats? I guess I would say I'm not I'm not a numbers guy, and I know most mm-hmm. people that are like you know that are on the music spectrum aren't too much into numbers, but these are fantastic things that that uh, you should be proud of. Uh, so why we rock? 400,000 Facebook fans, uh, number one employer of musicians, 10 countries worldwide, Mm -hmm. 260 plus locations globally. I definitely want to touch uh, touch on that. 20 plus years in business, 4,000 plus concerts each year, except in 2020, of course, Uh, 35,000 rocking students. That's all fantastic. let me let me just get your thoughts in general on those numbers uh, that are obviously great. Um, well, it's interesting because I know I'm, I'm like, what do those what do those numbers mean to me? Those are those are numbers that are you know that those are sort of the collective numbers of all the schools of rock and everything that we do around the world. Yep. Um, so to me, the things that that matter to me. Um, one is employing musicians yep. and just to be able to give people meaningful work, especially now, especially now, even, um, I mean, this is what, this is the thing that is just making me run so hard and work so hard and, you know, just driving, constantly driving everybody is to keep people employed. Yep. Um, so I, I think that's just a, that's a tremendous number. Like, like it, that's a very meaningful number when you look at the, the overall like number of musicians that are employed by schools of rock around the world. Absolutely. Um, and uh, the other thing that strikes me about those big numbers are, is that just how universal music is. I mean, these kids are yep. the, they, there are kids just like them everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things we do that's really fun and didn't get it to do the summer um, is we take the kids up to Summerfest every year for an international kind of where we just take over Summerfest during the day. Um, so from about noon till three or four, um, there's 
somewhere between 60 and 80 bands from 50. I'm making it up. I don't know exactly how many schools, but like sure. we bring three bands. Um, and they're playing on the big stages and they um, we have guest musicians, guest artists that they get to play with. And it's just um, it's super fun. It's like they it's like the school of rock has landed and just taken over this park. And um, the kids love it. The parents love it, especially our parents, because it's when so is close. that typically during the year? What's that? What like what month of the year typically is that um, in July? It's usually like. It's usually towards the end of June or early July. Well, maybe we we'll, can, maybe we can get it this year. I hope so. I really I hope, hope so, so too. I, I yeah. That's a whole other conversation, though. Yeah. Um, sure. That's all. Yeah, I mean, uh, tremendously impressive. I mean, like you said, that of course is covering um, all of the School of Rocks, which you know, like I said, um, I wanted to touch on with two hundred and sixty plus locations globally. Um, that's astounding to me. I, again, I, I did not know that I did. I, you know, before all of this, um, I don't think that many people know that, um, where are most of those located? Are most of them in the United States or is this something that started overseas? Well, it started in Philadelphia, um, okay. by a guy named Paul Green. Okay. And, um, the, what I've been told, I think it's true, is that the the Jack Black movie was loosely based on him, um, okay. and he would. Uh, there, there is a there is a documentary out there. If if you can get your hands on it, it's hard to find, but it's called Rock School. Interesting it's about him. <laughs> okay, um, it's just called Rock School. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, I have a copy of it. I, it belongs to um, one of our teachers. I have to find it and give it back to him. But um, so anyway, what where what was the question again? Um, just in the sense of you know, kind of where oh. everything started. You know, in Philly with Paul Green and yeah. So so and then um, um, so the Paul Green franchised it, and so there the schools. The oldest schools are in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, kind of like if you draw a ring around Philadelphia, that's where a lot of the schools are. Um, that's your that's your home area. Yeah, it is my home area. Yeah. Yeah. And one of our one of my good friends who's is the owner of well, he just he sold the Philly school, but he was the owner of the original school of rock in Philadelphia. And he now has a school in Princeton and then one in Doylestown which is funny because I used to go to camp up around there when I was a kid. But, um, and then there's, there's, a, there's a ton on the West coast. There's, um, and in Chicago, I want to say there's 17 or 18 now. So, okay. It looked like yeah. it when I went out, I, I couldn't tell if I was looking at the right. Cause it looked, there's a ton. Yeah. yeah. There's, um, I don't think there are too many places in the Chicagoland area where you could still open a school of rock. Um, when I was looking for our second location, I was considering um, the South, like uh, Palos Park, Tinley Park, that area. There's a school yep. in Mokina. Um, but um, that area, it's interesting. It has the right, it has a lot of families and people who can afford a private music education, but it's very broken up by parks and forest preserves and 
Yep. So I chose Northbrook and Glenview for our territory. There we go. Yeah. Um, who, so the, the website is experience.schoolofrock.com. Is that kind of a corporate want run website? Yeah. The, all the websites are, uh, all of our, like our web, if you look, if you went to, um, uh, oakpark.schoolofrock.com. Yep. It's a microsite of a bigger website. Gotcha. I'm so right we, now. Yeah. So it's, um, we're, we're a little bit confined by that, but it, it's, it's fine, you know? Um, yeah. The, um, so we put like, we'll, we'll have our staff bios out there. We have our, um, uh, our, our news, like any, any publicity, any PR that's come out and, um, events and things like that. And then that's, that is really a channel by which people find us and inquire and, uh, get to know us come in for their free trial lesson so yep mm -hmm. what does the i know i'm just asking all kind of sorts mm -hmm. of random questions here things that, that pop up uh, to me as i'm looking at the website mm -hmm. what do these songwriting lessons entail um that seems like it would be a little bit different of an approach than anything else or or i could be wrong could be very wrong correct me if i am um that that's interesting um like trying to write a song with a 13 year old yeah yeah so um sometimes kids will work on things like that projects of their own in their private lessons with their teacher um but one of my favorite programs is um called project studio and it we run it like a season just like we run our other show seasons and the, the kids come for their weekly private lesson but then their group time their group time that they come each week for is is songwriting and recording and mixing and then they and then we do a showcase show at the end of that and and a lot of times they'll they'll play the song live they'll play the recording of the song and then they'll play it live so you get to kind of hear both aspects and they learn um Interesting. You know, and everybody contributes to the process we did th this was so cool we did a three-day camp was it three? It was either two or three days. I can't remember. No, no, it was one day. Okay. Sorry. We did a one day camp in, in the new Glenbrook school, a songwriting camp, it, a workshop. It was four hours and there were only three kids and they wrote and recorded a song. And this little girl named Cadence, she's one of, she's one of our very first students she wrote the lyrics in like five minutes at the end of the, you know, when they were just getting ready to put it all together and sing mm -hmm. it and record it. Um, so I can send that to you. It's, it's like 20 seconds long because they had four hours to do, you know, to come up with the, the, the chords and the lyrics and the, all the different parts and then record it, put it all together. Um, and it's really cute. Yeah. I mean, it's really good. I would <laughs> but, love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to think about. Yeah. Doing just, you know, I, I, again, I just try to relate everything back to, you know, myself and kind of thinking about, you know, I, I guess, yeah, I'm, I, I probably could have wrote a song at that age. Uh, I mean, you know, I was listening to Pink Floyd at 14, 15, 16 years old, and who knows what I could have spit out at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Um, 
what is the best way for people to stay up to date with the, with the School of Rock and specifically your locations? Uh, is it Instagram? Is say, it social yeah, media? Is it... Instagram and Facebook are probably the best way. Um, Instagram is sort of a running, just running slideshow of all the things that we do, you know, photos yep. from um, just moments in time. Um, and same with Facebook. Facebook is, has a lot of our events and things and um, those two, th those are the best way to kind of keep like to, to keep up with us like us personally versus the what's coming in. Website, which is like here's all the things that we do and yep yeah yeah no it's good to know because you know like you said you you've got the one website and then you kind of it's not a firewall that's a bad way to put it it sounds like it's a bad thing it's just obviously you got to kind of have the setup there so people want to know specifically more so about your locations i will make sure i have them all tagged in the podcast podcast description okay. um you could put that if you, when I send you that recording, if you like it. Oh, you, I will, yeah. You can I will put it out there because it's. Yeah, I would love to check it out. Love to check mm -hmm. it out. Um, is there anything that we haven't touched on? It looks like, it looks like there is. Yes, let's yeah, hear yeah. it. Yeah, we had, I just, it just popped in my mind. We did something really, really cool when um, COVID first hit and everything shut down. We had to react yep. quickly overnight i mean we just had to like figure stuff out so that we didn't have to so that we would didn't lose our entire business yep. and so and different different schools of rock took different approaches some of them just um some went to lessons only they just stopped all the group stuff um some tried to do and we tried to do this initially um kind of like rehearsal check-ins you can't there's not there's only so much you can do you cannot play together virtually um when you, and you probably know this when you see those um like when you see those uh i don't know say it's like a symphony or an orchestra and they're they're on zoom it looks like they're on zoom and they're all playing together it's it's not you can't do that live yeah um so it's very complicated um but one thing we did two really cool things but one thing we did was um we did a, a program called hard pressed mm -hmm. and we we um we recorded a vinyl album produced a vi vinyl album so hard pressed was virtual it was kids writing music together online and they would attend their weekly hour and a half session um they wrote the songs they all recorded their parts at home some some would come in and record in our studio uh with a director just one-on-one -on -one. and then um we had it pressed on vinyl by a local company i think it's called smash plastic i want to get that right um and one of our students did the album art and then the really cool thing is we the parents are picking up the albums at a local record store called val's halla mm -hmm. in oak park um val uh val passed away a couple of years ago i think i don't i don't remember exactly but she was kind of a legend 
around here, um, mm-hmm. had been in the music industry for years and, um, like 50 plus years. And, um, our, our, uh, some of our parents to a, a couple, <laughs> their school of rock parents bought the store okay. and have kind of breathed new life into it. And there they're, they're starting to get a, we're just located at, it is on Harrison street in Oak park. It's called okay. Valpala. Um, the couple who bought it, they're really interesting people. You'd probably enjoy talking to them. Yeah. Um, and they Maybe just we'll get them on a podcast. Yeah, they would, they would be great. Both yeah. of them. Are, they're super interesting. <laughs> the wife is a dancer, a dance instructor and a dance dancer. And she teaches in, um, Austin and Chicago and, and, um, the husband is um, a management consultant, I think. He works works with a lot of small businesses, and they just they just have great energy. And so, um, our the albums are in the store under the S's for School of Rock. Nice. So, and so that's really cool. So, I would really like to continue that. I think that should be something that we offer, if not every. I think every season, but at least once a year. Where did I see them? Are they online somewhere? Are there are there pictures of them online or the the album cover or the yes. or the, the record store? The album covers. You Gosh, might have I seen just... it on Instagram. Do you I think that might have be where, where, where yeah. it is. I'll have to go take a dive in and, and look at it. But I remember as you're saying this, um, seeing those. Um yeah, that's one of those things, you know, it's interesting. I um one of my uh, memoirs I did earlier was with a, a local band in Chicago, uh, ultimately fruitless. And they were, yeah, it's, it's great, great name. That's a great um, name. Yeah. It's the answer for, for everything I do. Um, they were talking about how, you know, in this digital age, especially, you know, nobody really buys a CD anymore. Uh, nobody buys a, a, a vinyl unless you are, you know, really genuinely in it for the music and kind of in it for the artistic expression side of, of everything. So mm-hmm. to see that physical thing in somebody's hands, to see that physical thing in a store, mm-hmm. you know, your work coming together, um, it's, yeah, I, I'm sure it is a very proud feeling to have. So you, you yeah. should, you should most definitely. That's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Anything else? Anything else that we haven't touched on about the school, mm. about you, about mm. music, about mm. whatever? If not, that's that's perfect. Okay, so I just want to give everybody an opportunity. We'll come back to it. Yeah, let's come back to it. If you got anything, we'll. Uh, I, I have Amy's contact information, of course. <laughs> just let me know. Um, but yeah, I mean, Amy, it was it was great talking to you. Uh, I, I think everybody that will listen in is going to get something um you know it's 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 not not to be corny here but just like music you know everybody listens to a song and and gets something different from it i i genuinely feel like you know from our conversation there are a lot of different angles that people could go and learn from and and get things from so uh i know that you are a very busy woman painting as we speak uh and i love it love it i mean that's you know just another piece of art that that uh obviously you're passionate about so thank you very much for for taking your time and everything and uh everything will be on midpark.com i will make sure uh that like i said all the links are in the podcast description there everything will be on the website one click away make sure i update everything on social media when we're all there 
Um, and yeah, if anybody has any follow-up questions or anything for Amy, let me know. And that is that. Amy, appreciate you. Thank you. Yes. And that, my friends, is a compassionate, uh, empathetic, uh, just genuine person there. Great leader. Um, you know, not going to keep harping on it uh, over and over and over again. I know I say that a lot. Uh, so I don't want to dampen the message. You know, just so much it did. We can all learn there from Amy. Um, if you want to learn more about School of Rock, if you've got any questions about School of Rock, all of the locations or all of the, excuse me, links are going to be uh as we talked about in the conversation, going to be in the podcast description there. Um, and that is really it. Uh, and then, of course, check back on uh, midpark.com uh, later this week for the whole wrap-up article uh, on my feature or the whole wrap-up feature on my time uh, with Amy. Uh, as we heard there at the beginning, that was indeed, um, uh, like I said, Mount Joy with the song Sheep. So please know that Midpark Multimedia is not the original owner or creator of any of the music associated on this website. Notice Midpark Multimedia own profit or claim any of the rights or royalties to any of these music associated. Uh, Midpark Music is intended for listening and learning experiences only and again, there is no profit directly from the music intended uh, included on this website. And also, uh, we're going to be wrapping it up here with Clapper the Rapper. So Clapper, uh, again, I, you know, I had mentioned earlier there is a good friend of mine uh, who is going to be joining us on a, on a Midpark uh, Memoirs episode here in a couple weeks. So uh, please um, enjoy a tune here. It's called Local Musician. Figured it'd be a good way to, to wrap it up. We're talking about the School of Rock. We're talking about music. I've got a, a local music uh, or local musician friend here. So wrapping everything up and uh, ringing it all together. So I uh, hope you enjoy. And folks, we uh, always got to end it out with this is an independently run website and all content associated is managed by individual contributors. This site is entirely anti-establishment and does not accept money from corporate sponsors. Folks, power to the people. We will see you next time. Thank you so much, Amy, at the School of Rock for your time. I know she's very, very busy, like I said. Uh, so thank you for your time and we will see you next time on Mid Park. Cars are pointless when you're sitting in traffic He left a dream girl to get dumped by an actress He bought a big house but forgot about taxes Remember what you love, not just what's attractive I don't need your money, I don't like my 9 to 5 I don't need your Facebook likes, so don't Instagram the facts I don't need vacations or a brand new pair of shoes, no All I need in life is my music friends and you I want to play guitar Running out the front doors like, look mom, we made it Big dreams, thinking that we would be famous But damn, it's hard to get on Spotify playlists Eyes burn from the fresh chlorine I'm a new bottle with the fresh ID That was back then, not much has changed Local dreamers always stayed the same We didn't have no money